0: Well, welcome back, good to see you guys. Um, did anyone do the homework of reading the whole Bible? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <clears throat> um, yeah, so does anyone want to just mention something maybe they learned last week, or just you can just say what we talked about? Does anyone remember the books of the Bible? Yeah. Uh-huh, oh, what is the Gospel? yeah yes, yep, that book is so good, yeah, yeah. I always take like new believers through it or uh honest or honestly anyone it's just really good um <clears throat> but yeah, last week we went over um Different books of the Bible, um, where they are in Scripture, um, kind of different genres like history, wisdom, poetry, stuff like that. Um, And today, we're going to go over how to know your Bible. But before I do that, I wanted to read um, 1.8 of the Second London Baptist Confession. I guess I'll just do this every week since it's really good. Um, It says, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the native language of the ancient people of God. The New Testament was written in Greek, which at that time it was written, um, was most widely known to the nations. These testaments were inspired directly by God and by his unique care and providence were kept pure down through the ages. They are therefore true and authoritative so that all religious controversies, the church must make their ultimate appeal to them. Ultimate appeals to God's word, not to tradition, not to a pope, not to uh, just man's opinion, to God's word. All God's people have a right to and a claim of the scriptures and are commanded in the fear of God to read and search them. Not all of God's people know these original languages, so the scriptures are to be translated into the common language of every nation to which they came or come. So that's why James and Kate, some... Uh, missionaries that we support. They're going to a place, learning the language, learning the culture so that they can translate it for these people who don't have a Bible. Um, So we're blessed to have a Bible. Not everyone um, has one. And that's kind of shocking in this day and age where we have the internet and everything, but there's still people out there who don't have the Bible in their language. Um, In this way, the word of God may dwell richly in all, so that they may worship him in an acceptable manner and through patience and the comfort of the scriptures may have hope. So that's from the London Baptist Confession. Um, Let me pray before we dive into this. Lord, we thank you for this morning and the opportunity to come and learn um, about your word and how important it is to us um, to know you and to follow you. Um, thank you that we get to gather together and worship you this morning through exhortation, the reading of your word, and through singing, and um, just all these different ways. Lord, thank you. You are so kind in giving, these, giving us these different means of grace um, so that we can see you and trust you more. Lord, we love you, and we, uh, we aim to know you better this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So, lesson two, how to know the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, Oh, there's notes. There's a big note packet if anyone needs one. Um, and it has some of the scriptures and everything. But it says, 2 Timothy 3.16, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. The how of learning and applying scripture to life is something every Christian should know. This lesson covers five ways to make the Bible yours. Hearing, reading, studying, meditating, and memorizing. Compare those five methods of learning Scripture to the fingers on your hand. So there's five of them. If you hold the Bible with two fingers, an analogy, if you hold the Bible with only two fingers, it's easy to lose your grip. But if you use all five of these that we're going to talk about this morning, how much stronger is your grasp? Think about it. All those different ways of intaking the Bible, um, it's important so you can grasp it. And um, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. If a person hears, reads, studies, memorizes, and then meditates on the Bible, his grasp of its truths become firm. They become part of your life, always on your mind. As the thumb is needed in combination with many other fingers to complete your hold, so meditation combined with Hearing, reading, studying, and memorizing is essential for a full grasp on God's word. And so we just have a quick summary right here at the bottom of page one. I put page numbers today. Um, hear the Bible, read the Bible, study, meditate, and memorize. So first, <clears throat> we'll go over why to know the Bible. Why is it important to know the Bible? Um, there's some verses here to look up for us to um, see these reasons why it's important. Second uh, Timothy two fifteen. Second Timothy two fifteen says that verse that's on the front. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who is, has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So one reason is to be approved by God, to be approved by God. 1 Peter 2.2, 2. the second reason says, like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that it you may grow up into salvation. So another reason is to grow up into salvation. Um, and sh- we should long for God's word like a baby longs for milk. We see that we have a newborn baby in our home, and uh, he will let you know if he's hungry. (laughs) He lets us know, and he's very loud. Quinn was more quiet, but he, oh man, he's really loud. And you know, it's unfortunate, I can't help him. (laughs) Um, But yeah, long for God's word, long for the scripture like a newborn baby who needs that spiritual milk for life, for strength to grow. Um, so that's a second reason. And then Psalm 119 gives us the next three. Psalm 119, verse 11. It says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So what's this reason for knowing God's word? Why is he stored it up in his heart? To not sin against God. Yeah. And then verse 38, let me scroll down really quick. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Confirm your, your servant to your promise that you may be feared. Um, this, it produces a reverence for God. Produces reverence for God. And then lastly, the fifth reason. 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So God's word, it it guides us. It's a light to our path. So the five reasons why we should know God's word, to be approved by God, to grow in salvation, to not sin against God, and then it produces reverence for God, and it's a light to our path. It's guidance. But on top of all that, remember last week, we talked about um, natural revelation. We saw how we can know that God exists from nature, But what do we miss in natural revelation? What can we not get from nature? Huh? Yeah, uh, the, yeah. So we can't get the gospel. We can't get the guidance and everything. Um, Nature is just good enough to make us without excuse. We know God exists. If someone says they don't believe in God, they're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness. It's like Romans 1 says, right? So, why to know the Bible? We study scripture because it's sufficient for everything. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Everything pertaining to life and godliness. Scripture is good for all of that. We don't need anything extra. We don't need any extra books. Um, the best Christian books Um, Like on the rooted table, the best books are the books that point you to this book, God's Word, Um, or help you understand this book better, like a commentary or something. So, point number two, how to know the Bible. How do we know it? If it's so important, how do we get it in us so that we can um, know the gospel or um, do these things? And number one is to hear it. Hear it. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Um, so question number one, whom did Jesus say would be blessed? Does someone want to look up Luke eleven twenty eight? 28? Luke eleven twenty eight. 28. You can call him. and everybody. So who, who does Jesus say would be blessed? Those who hear the word of God and keep it, observe it. Um, he actually says this in response to this lady. This lady says, um, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts at which you nursed. But then Jesus said, blessed are those Blessed, rather, are those who hear the word of God and keep it. So you're blessed if you hear God's word and you keep it. Um, Number two, in proclaiming the word, what should pastors and teachers do? What should pastors and teachers do? Someone want to look up this one? Nehemiah. So what did all these guys with hard names to read do for the people? What did they do? It says they helped the people to understand the law while the people remained in their places. They read from the book, the law of God, and they gave the sense. They, they, under, they, um, they explained it to them so that they could understand what it was saying um, so that the people understood the reading. So... In proclaiming the word, what should pastors and teachers do? They should read the word, and they should give the sense of it. They should help the people understand. And so in in hearing God's word, it's important to be in a church that preaches God's word, right? And teaches it, and explains it. Um, It's so important to be in a church that does this, that proclaims the gospel. Um, Not just a church that preaches politics or just whatever the preacher wants to talk about that day, or um, his opinions, it's important that they teach God's Word. And that's why we do expository preaching here. We just go line by line, verse by verse through the Bible. And that, that's how you get what God is saying. If we just jumped around it, we wouldn't really get a sense of what God is saying. So that's why you want to go to a church, which... You're here, (laughs) Um, you're here, but that's why it's important. So uh, if you hear of another church, maybe your friends are going there or whatever, like in a gracious way, you can ask questions like, oh, like, how's the teaching? Do they, do they explain what's going on? Do they explain the context? Um, Actually, that's what we're going to talk about a little later, how to study God's word. But man, this is so important. It's so important, the preaching and teaching um, of God's word. And so we hear it, and then second, read it, read it. Revelation 1.3 says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of, God, of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. So as you read that verse, can anyone say that verse? Or It says write it, but we're here together. So does someone want to like say that in their own words? Revelation 1:3 I'll give you a second to reread it. Yeah. Just read it. Read it and heed it. Yeah. Read and obey God's word, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed. Um, number two, to what did Paul ask Timothy to give his attention in 1 Timothy 4.13? thirteen? First Timothy 4.13. I'll, I'll read this one. Paul says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. So what did Paul ask Timothy to do? To give his attention to this young um, preacher, this young pastor, his protege? Reading scripture, yeah, Um, to exhortation and to teaching. So right now, we're reading scripture, and we are teaching scripture. But later on, when Pastor Mark preaches, he'll be exhorting you. um, He'll be convincing you. He'll be arguing um, for you to believe it and to live it out. So that's the difference between teaching and preaching. Um, I'm teaching right now. I'm not preaching. And then later, Mark will preach where he is exhorting you. Um, So these are the things that Paul tells Timothy to do, public reading of Scripture, exhortation, and to teaching. Um, On the next page it says, if you do not have a daily reading plan, New Year, what does everyone do at the beginning of the year? Start a Bible reading plan. If you haven't yet, you can always start in the Gospel of Mark or John. These are really good places to start. We talked about it last week, how John is really evangelistic. Um, So that's a good place to start. And then if you read at the rate of two chapters a day, you'll complete the whole New Testament in 19 weeks. So we hear God's word, read it, and then we study it. Um, This is a really cool verse, Acts 17, 11. Um, When Paul, the apostle, he left Thessalonica, he came to Berea and he shared the gospel with unbelieving Jews. And what he found was that they... Quote, were more noble minded than those in Thessalonica. Why? For they received the words with gr- the word with great eagerness, but then they examined the scripture daily to see whether these things are true or whether they're so. So someone can come up here every week, we can teach you some things about the Bible. But Paul was saying, like they did really well. It was really good for them because they went home and they examined the scriptures themselves too. Um, I can come up and say something and, I mean, you can trust me, but you should um, be studying the Bible on your own. So if I say something off or something that is not, if I, like, say, um, you're saved by works, don't just (laughs) accept that. You should know from your study, like, that is not true. Like, I need to know the Bible enough to know if something is not true. And so Paul, he's, he's saying these Bereans, it was really great. They, they, um, they received the word with eagerness. They were really excited to hear God's word, but they examined the scripture daily to see if it was true. These things were so. <clears throat> um, oh, spoilers, that's the answer to number one. According to Acts 17:11. what two traits did the Bereans demonstrate as they received the word of God? So they were eager and they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Um, number two, how should we search for wisdom or understanding? Does someone want to read Proverbs 2 4? So how should we search for wisdom and understanding in God's word? What does it say? Like silver. Go ahead. Huh? Dig. Right. Yeah. There's so much treasure here. Um, I have this quote from Spurgeon. He says, nobody ever outgrows scripture. The book widens and deepens with our years. So, The more you dig, the more you get. It's a bottomless, pit kind of sounds bad, but it's a bottomless treasure chest. You're always going to get more gems. You're always going to get more treasure. You're always going to learn more about God, our creator. Um, And next week, we go over some of his attributes. And when you hear these attributes that God is love and he's, he's truth and he's all these things, Doesn't that sound good to learn about? So as you learn scripture and you study scripture, it's like this never-ending treasure chest. You're always going to come up with more and more. And so Bible study is important. And it's more than just reading your Bible. It involves careful observation, interpretation, and application. Reading is good. It gives you an overall picture. But study helps you think, learn, and apply what to read in your life. So we hear it, we, uh, we read it, we hear it, and we study it. Next is memorize it. Why is memorizing scripture important? This is like a lost art of Bible intake. Why is it important to memorize scripture? Call on it anytime, counsel with it, Yeah. Not only counsel others, but counsel my own heart. Yeah, that's good. Anyone else? Any other thoughts? Why is it important to memorize scripture? Yeah. Or I just lose my Bible. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, to treasure it. Um, I've heard stories of like prisoners of war. Like maybe you're a soldier and you get taken captive. And if some were like believers and they memorized scripture, so they just, while they're in captivity, they were just remembering scripture and meditating on it. Um, and it helped them get through those hard times. Um, Psalm 119, 9 and 11 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Man, memorizing scripture is so important. I need. I wish I could. I wish I did it more. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Um, one, how did God command Israel to remember his word? I'll look it up really quick. Deuteronomy 11. Deuteronomy eleven eighteen says, You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be on the front, as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them, when you are sitting in your house, when you are walking by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. So, an interesting thing about this is some Jews, they would take this very literally, and they would, like, wrap it on their arm. A little um, Torah, I think, or they would, like, place it on their head. They would take it very literally. But he's saying you should memorize it. It should be in you like Charity's talking about. Um, number A, letter A, uh, Deuteronomy 11, 18 says, by keeping it in your hearts and your minds. That's the answer. And then B is by teaching children all day. He, God commands Israel to remember his word by, um, it should just always be in your heart and your soul um, should be on you like your hand. Should be in between your eyes. Always on your mind. It's so good. And teaching your children all day. Number two. Um, I'm going to read Matthew four really quick. This is when Jesus is being tempted by Satan. It says, "Now oh, we're kind of running out of time." Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Isn't that amazing? Jesus was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again it is written, you should not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him high to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, and he said to him, Satan, saying this to Jesus, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. So during these three confrontations with Satan, what did Jesus do to overcome his temptations? Right. He quoted the scriptures. It is written, it is written, again, it is written. So, how might you apply this example to your own life? I think charity give the answer. Anyone wanna give an answer? How can you apply this example to your life, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we know the other team. They always run this play. They always tempt us this way. So when they do that, I'm going to answer them with this. And then with counseling others, and I said counseling ourselves, um, know what we struggle with. Know what know how we are, um, and just know what verses to memorize so that we can answer not only Satan but ourselves. How often do we discourage ourselves? Or uh, feel condemnation or whatever. Um, There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Totally. Yeah, that's really good. Going back to the anger and like with your kids, it takes faith to remember that scripture and live that scripture out. That anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Man, sometimes it seems like if I yell at my kid, they'll, they'll listen. But it takes faith to do what God says. It takes faith to trust that his way is best, not what quote unquote works in the moment. Um, so man, memorizing scripture is so important. And then meditate on God's word. Um, Psalm 1, 1 through 1-3 says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. So meditation, other religions meditate. What is meditation? Is it just sitting off by yourself, crisscross, doing something with your hands, um, and emptying your mind? Is that what biblical meditation is? Contemplating. It's contemplating. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Anyone else? What is meditating? Huh? To think about it? Over and over and over. Yeah, that's good. Right? Right. Um, Yeah, totally. That's great. Uh, Meditation is prayerful reflection on Scripture with a view toward understanding and application. How does this apply to my life? Give prayerful thought to God's Word with the goal of conforming your life to God's will. Number one says meditation on Scripture can be done as you hear the Word preached, so when he's preaching, and last week Moses wasn't having faith, uh, believing God, you can think, how do, how do I do that? Are there times when Scripture says something like, don't be angry with my kids? Are there times where I'm not trusting God's Word? That's meditating on Scripture, reading Scripture, going over it in your mind over and over. How does this apply to my life? Um, Obviously, you want to have the right context and everything. So when Mark is explaining the passage, that's so helpful. Also, when you read your Bible, um, when you're reading a psalm, um, how does this apply? What was David going through? Um, Just going over in your mind, over and over and over. Pray about what you're studying. Pray for the Lord to reveal things to you. Pray for the Lord to reveal like how this directly applies to me. Reflect on the verses that you memorized? That's why memorization is really good because mem- it's memorized. It's, you're meditating all the time. It's just on your mind all the time. So, number two, how does meditation assist you? Joshua 1.8. Let me get there really quick because we're running out of time. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that... You may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For when you make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So it helps us to be careful to do all that is written in it. Number three, do you think God's word can affect your speech and actions? we have been talking about this. Do you think meditating on scripture will help you with the way you talk? Luke six forty-five. The good person out of the tre- good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. What's in your heart? What's in your heart all the time? Like if, you, um, if you're always eating junk food and you go to work out or you go to do something, how are you going to feel? How are you going to perform? But if you're eating healthy, you're doing all the right things, when it comes time to perform, you're going you're gonna to feel a lot better. So if you fill your, your heart, your mind, your soul with God's word, when temptation comes, when your kids act crazy, when you act crazy, how, are you, how is it going to affect you? So much better. We will be able to do our life according to God's will. We'll obey him. Um. So, yeah, God's word does affect our speech and actions. What are you putting in your heart? Besides, number four, being, besides being diligent and learning God's word, what else should we do in order to understand it? Psalm 119, 73, 125. Psalm, what's going on? Psalm 119. Your hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. As you come to God's word, what should we ask God for? Lord, give me understanding. It is through God's spirit that we understand the Bible. And so, if God is the one who gives us the understanding, as we come to God's word, what should we ask him? Lord, give me understanding. Your hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn your commandments. And so, in summary, we are to hear God's word. We are to read God's word. We are to study God's word, meditate on God's word, and memorize it. All these things are important. And then remember the hand uh, illustration at the beginning. How many fingers do you have on God's word? So the more fingers you have on God's word, all these are like fingers. How much better is your grasp going to be on God's word? <clears throat> so, oh man, the Bible study process. We're running out of time. Step one, preparation. What should we do before we approach the scriptures? First Peter 2, 1 through 2. It talks about um, coming with purity. Uh, we must confess our sin. Um, our sin can hinder us From understanding. uh, Two, what should our prayer be as we prepare to study God's word? We just went over it. What should our prayer be? Lord, give me wisdom. Lord, give me understanding. Spend a short time in prayer before each study. Confess any sin. Ask the Holy Spirit. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. Psalm 119, 18. So preparation, prepare your heart to read God's word. Number two, observation. Ask yourself, what is taking place in this passage? What do I see here? Uh, ask questions as you read. You can write them down. Who? Who's in this passage? What is in this passage? Where is this happening? When is this happening? All those things are important. Um, to get a grasp of what God is communicating through his writer. Number two, as you observe the passage, look for keywords. Key subjects, um, people, topics, look for commands, look for those verbs. I used to not really like grammar. And so, man, grammar is really important. The way sentences are structured, um, this person is doing this in this verse. So taking note of all those little things. um, uh, Are there any warnings in this passage? Are there any warnings I should be aware of? Look for repeated words or phrases. If there's a word that's repeated over and over and over, that word is probably important. Um, Or phrases, as we were reading um, that account of Jesus, and he kept saying, it is written, it is written, it is written. That clues us in that Jesus is talking about Old Testament. Um, Look for comparisons. Um, The book of Proverbs does a lot of opposites, Um, A wise man does this, a fool does this. Look for comparisons. Um, Look for questions, answers given. Uh, For example, like in the book of Romans, when Paul says, okay, just because there's so much grace, does that mean that we just do whatever we want? And it gives the answer. By no means. By no means. Um, So look for questions and answers that are given in the Bible. Um, And then anything unusual or unexpected. There's something unusual or unexpected. Maybe It's probably important to take note of. Note, these are just a few examples of things to look for when observing a passage. Um, and then it says a warning right here. Take your time. Don't give up too soon. Uh, there's no time limit on how fast you need to read your Bible. I know it does a Bible in a year. That's reading. But as you're studying, take your time. Take your time. Do all it takes to understand. Uh, step three, interpretation. Okay, so we've observed, we've prepared our heart. <clears throat> what does this mean? Number one, scripture can be clear. Whom has God given to teach us? 1 John 2.27, he's given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us understanding. That's why we ask him for help. Um, number two, begin by asking interpret. Uh, interpretive questions what is the importance of this word so we've observed remember in the last step we've observed they're there now let's ask okay why is this here why is this word here why is he using that word why is he using that verb what does that verb mean what does it mean to abide um, in christ or abide in the spirit number two a given phrase why is this here um, names and titles. Why is this guy calling Jesus teacher? Does he really mean that? What, why is he saying that? Isn't he a Pharisee? I don't know. It's, why is this happening? Dates or others. What is the meaning of the particular word? I, we mentioned that. Why did the writer say this? Um, what is the implication of this word or this phrase or name? So since he used this word, what does that mean? What does that mean with all the other stuff going on? Um, number three, to find answers to interpretative questions, use the context. What are the verses before and after this passage saying? Uh, what are the definitions of these words? Um, I can't remember where Mark brought up Living Word uh, app. I don't remember where it was. But there's this, there's this free Bible app called Living Word, free, so good, has a couple different translations, ESV, NASB. Um, But you you can click on the word, and it will give you the Greek, and it will tell you how many verses use this word. It will tell you what the Greek word means. And then the same for Old Testament Hebrew. But it's a free app, and it helps you understand what's going on. Um, Because, like we talked about last week, the Bible wasn't written in English. Surprise. It wasn't written in English. It was written in Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic. And so this app, it helps you if you don't know Greek and Hebrew. Um, so uh, the context is important. Definitions of words, grammar and sentence structure is important. Uh, what do other passages of Scripture say? Is there Are there other, other passages that talk about this or talk similarly about this? What do those say? Um, and then you can use... Bible study tools, we live with the internet. There's so much good out there that can help us. Bible dictionaries, this app I was talking about, concordances, Bible handbooks, encyclopedias, commentaries. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Commentaries are so helpful because... Somebody did all this hard work for you. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, if you guys want recommendations, if you're studying a book, you can always ask me. You can ask Mark. Maybe you can even borrow one from Mark. He loves lending out his books, (laughs) especially when people don't bring them back. (laughs) Um, So when you're interpreting Scripture, remember, all Scripture does agree. Remember that. It does not contradict itself. If it seems to contradict itself, you're, you're interpreting it wrong, or you're not understanding it, or there's more to understand. Um, I have a really good example of that, but I don't have time. Uh, let the passage speak for itself in its context. Be careful not to draw conclusions that the author did not intend. Um, There's only one correct interpretation of any particular passage of Scripture, the author's originally intended meaning. Step four, application. What effect will this have on my life? This part of the Bible study process uh, takes the truths that we've observed and seeks to incorporate them into everyday life and practice. So we kind of went over this with meditation and stuff. So there's that. Uh, You guys can go over the rest of these notes. Step five, repetition. Repetition. The more you study your Bible and do these steps, the more natural it, be, will, it will be and the more um, you'll remember other passages. Um, so this is one of the really cool things about teaching the Bible and studying it every week is it just builds upon itself. Um, so Bible study is a repetitive process. The more passes you make through the verse, the deeper its meaning is open to you. So there's a study exercise on here on the back. You can do it on your own. It gives some examples. Uh, It gives you some answers. So I think that's really helpful. So you guys can do that on your own if you want. Uh, It will be graded next week. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we're running out of time, so I'll close in prayer. If anyone has questions, um, you can come ask me. And you can ask me anytime, honestly. I'm always eager to hear questions and give answers if I have them. Um, but yeah, let me pray. I know that was really fast. Next week, we're going over God, his character and attributes. So another really easy topic to do in 45 minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, let me pray. If you have questions, come ask me after. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for this quick overview of why the Bible is important. Um, I pray that it would be a treasure to us that we just over and over all throughout our lives, we just come back to it to study more and more and get gems and treasures that ultimately teach us about you, our ultimate treasure. Lord, I pray that um, it would just be a desire of ours to just always study your word and to know you more so that we can love you more and trust you more and just see all the wonderful things that you've done um, and all just how glorious you are, Lord. Lord, we love you and we pray for this upcoming worship service. We pray that it is honoring to you and glorifying to you. Lord, we love you and thank you for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen.